Readings from Sri Aurobindo on Consciousness Consciousness is a reality inherent in existence. It is there even when it is not active on the surface, but silent and immobile. It is there even when it is invisible on the surface, not reacting on outward things or sensible to them but withdrawn, and either active or inactive within. It is there even when it seems to us to be quite absent, and the being, to our view, unconscious and inanimate. Consciousness is not only power of awareness of self and things. It is or has also a dynamic and creative energy. It can determine its own reactions, or abstain from reactions. It can not only answer to forces, but create or put out from itself forces. Consciousness is chit, but also chit shakti. Consciousness is usually identified with mind. But mental consciousness is only the human range, which no more exhausts all the possible ranges of consciousness than human sight exhausts all the gradations of color, or human hearing all the gradations of sound. For there is much above or below that is to man invisible and inaudible. So there are ranges of consciousness above and below the human range, with which the normal human has no contact, and they seem to it unconscious, supramental or overmental and submental ranges. The gradations of consciousness are universal states not dependent on the outlook of the subjective personality. Rather, the outlook of the subjective personality is determined by the grade of consciousness in which it is organized according to its typal nature or its evolutionary stage. It will be evident that by consciousness is meant something which is essentially the same throughout but variable in status, condition, and operation in which, in some grades or conditions, the activities we call consciousness can exist either in a suppressed or unorganized or a differently organized state, while in other states some other activities may manifest, which in us are suppressed, unorganized, or latent, or else are less perfectly manifested, less intensive, extended, and powerful than in those higher grades above our highest mental limit. Consciousness is a fundamental thing. It is the fundamental thing in existence. It is the energy, the action, the movement of consciousness that creates the universe and all that is in it. Not only the macrocosm, but the microcosm is nothing but consciousness arranging itself. For instance, when consciousness in its movement, 
or rather a certain stress of movement, forgets itself in the action, it becomes an apparently unconscious energy. When it forgets itself in the form, it becomes the electron, the atom, the material object. In reality, it is still consciousness that works in the energy and determines the form and the evolution of form. When it wants to liberate itself, slowly, evolutionarily out of matter, but still in the form, it emerges as life, as the animal, as man, and it can go on evolving itself still farther out of its involution and become something more than mere man. If you can grasp that, then it ought not to be difficult to see farther that it can subjectively formulate itself as a physical, a vital, a mental, a psychic consciousness. All these are present in man, but as they are all mixed up together in our external being, and their real status is hidden behind in our inner secret nature, one can only become fully aware of them by releasing the original limiting stress of the consciousness which makes us live in our external selves, and becoming awake and centered within, in the inner being. As the consciousness in us, by its external concentration or stress, has put all these things behind, behind a wall or veil, it has to break down the wall or veil and get back in its stress to these inner parts of existence. That is what we call living within. Then our external being seems to us something small and superficial. We are or can become aware of the large and rich and inexhaustible kingdoms within. So also consciousness in us has drawn a lid or covering, or whatever one likes to call it, between the lower planes of mind, life, body, supported by the psychic, and the higher planes, which contain the spiritual kingdoms where the self is always free and limitless. And it can break or open the lid or covering, and ascend there, and become the self, free and wide and luminous, or else bring down the influence, reflection, finally even the presence and power of the higher consciousness into the lower nature. Now that is what consciousness is. It is not composed of parts. It is fundamental to being and itself formulates any parts it chooses to manifest, developing them from above downward by a progressive coming down from spiritual levels towards the evolution in matter, or formulating them in an upward working in the front by this process that we call evolution. If it chooses to work in you through the sense of ego, you think that it is the clear-cut individual I that does everything. If it begins to release itself from that limited working, then you too either begin to expand your sense of I till it bursts into infinity and no longer exists, or to shed it and flower into spiritual wideness. Of course, this is not what is spoken of in modern materialistic thought as consciousness because that thought is governed by science. Science sees consciousness 
only as a phenomenon which emerges out of inconscient matter and consists of certain reactions of the system to outward things. But that is phenomenon of consciousness. It is not consciousness itself. It is even only a very small part of the possible phenomena of consciousness and can give no clue to the true nature of consciousness, the spiritual reality, which is of the very essence of existence. Consciousness is inherent in being, though it is here involved and concealed in things, so that it has to emerge out of an apparent unconsciousness and organize itself in individual life. But this is only on the surface, which is all of which we are aware because we live on the surface of ourselves. This surface, the ordinary waking mind of man, is what we think to be ourselves, the whole of us, because living awake on the surface, we are conscious of that only. But within, with a sort of wall of obscurity or oblivion between it and the outer being, there is an inner being, an inner mind, vital, physical, and an inmost or psychic being of which we are not aware. We are only aware of what comes up from there to the surface and do not know its source or how it comes. By yoga, the wall is slowly broken down and we become aware of this inner and inmost being. By doing so, we build up a new yogic consciousness which is able to communicate direct with the universal consciousness around and the higher spiritual above. As the individual has a consciousness of his own, so too there is a universal consciousness, a cosmic being, a universal mind, a universal life, a universal physical conscious nature. We are unaware of it because we are shut up in our outer physical selves. By the inner awakening and the opening above, we become aware of this cosmic consciousness, cosmic nature, and cosmic self and its movements. Our consciousness can widen and become one with it. The forces of universal nature are always working on us without our knowing how they act, or being able to get any general control over their action on us. By becoming conscious of the universal, we are able to detect this working and control it. It all depends upon where the consciousness places itself and centralizes itself. If the consciousness places or associates itself within the ego, you are identified with the ego. If in the mind, it is identified with the mind and its activities, and so on. If the consciousness puts its stress outside, it is said to live in the external being and becomes oblivious of its inner mind and vital and inmost psychic. 
if it goes inside, puts its centralizing stress there, then it knows itself as the inner being, or still deeper, as the psychic being. If it ascends out of the body to the planes where self is naturally conscious of its wideness and freedom, it knows itself as the self and not the mind, life, or body. It is this stress of consciousness that makes all the difference. That is why one has to concentrate the consciousness in heart or mind in order to go within or go above. It is the disposition of the consciousness that determines everything, makes one predominantly mental, vital, physical, or psychic, bound or free, separate in the purusha or involved in the prakriti. Certainly, the mind and the inner being are consciousness. For human beings who have not got deeper into themselves, mind and consciousness are synonymous. Only when one becomes more aware of oneself by a growing consciousness, then one can see different degrees, kinds, powers of consciousness, mental, vital, physical, psychic, spiritual. The divine has been described as being consciousness ananda, even as consciousness, chitanya, as putting out a force or energy, shakti, that creates worlds. The mind is a modified consciousness that puts forth a mental energy. But the divine can stand back from his energy and observe it at its work. It can be the witness Purusha watching the works of Prakriti. Even the mind can do that. A man can stand back in his mind consciousness and watch the mental energy doing things, thinking, planning, etc. All introspection is based upon that fact, that one can so divide oneself into a consciousness that observes and an energy that acts. These are quite elementary things supposed to be known to everybody. Anybody can do that merely by a little practice. Anybody who observes his own thoughts, feelings, actions has begun doing it already. In yoga, we make the division complete. That is all. Consciousness is made up of two elements. Awareness of self and things and forces and conscious power. Awareness is the first thing necessary. You have to be aware of things in the right consciousness, in the right way, seeing them in their truth. But awareness by itself is not enough. There must be a will and a force that make the consciousness effective. Somebody may have the full consciousness of what has to be changed, what has to go and what has to come in its place, but may be helpless to make the change. Another may have the will force, but for want of a right awareness, may be unable to apply it in the right way at the right place. 
the advantage of being in the psychic consciousness is that you have the right awareness and its will being in harmony with the mother's will. You can call in the mother's force to make the change. Those who live in the mind and the vital are not so well able to do this. They are obliged to use mostly their personal effort, and as the awareness and will and force of the mind and vital are divided and imperfect, the work done is imperfect and not definitive. It is only in the supermind that awareness, will, force are always one movement and automatically effective. <laughs>